Good morning, I'm Joan Hogan, welcoming you to Prairie Doc Radio. Our Prairie Doc, Rick Holm, is out of town this week, so we have Dr. Andrew Ellsworth joining us today. Andrew is a family medicine physician with the Avira Medical Group working. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning, Joan. I'm glad to have you here, and you brought along a compatriot, Mandy Wild. Why don't you introduce Mandy to us? Yes, Mandy's a nurse practitioner student here with me. She goes to SDSU. Thanks for coming along, Mandy. Thank you. I, I gave her a heads up, I think, just uh, last night. Oh, by the way, you're going to be in the radio in the morning. So. That, that's a Rick home trip. You know that. <laughs> I know, I know. He had, every time he had a student, uh, what do you call it, uh, shadowing, shadowing mm-hmm. him, yeah. they'd walk in starry-eyed like, what has he done to me now? <laughs> yeah. you know? But he never warned him. He just said, come on, we're going to the radio station. Boom. Well, well, I threw in the fire yesterday, too, because I was on an urgent care clinic, and it's really busy right now with all sorts of sickness. So she... She got to see tons of patients with me, too, yesterday, and she did really well. So. Well, that's great. Well, Mandy, we're happy to have you here. You're talking about urgent care and the ton of illness. I know it's early to take a break, but I think there's a lot to talk about that people are curious about right now, what is happening in Brookings and in the area. Maybe we'll take our first break and then give you a nice long span to talk about what's happening now. We'll be back right after these words. Hi, welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. We're happy to have you listening today. You may have heard at the outset, I do want to mention, so many of you are great fans of Dr. Rick Holm, and you know that uh, this week and next week he's out sailing the Caribbean. Well, we got a report from Joni yesterday, and she said everything is going great. Rick is feeling wonderful. The first week he was a little weak, uh, but he still, they went to some island and climbed to the top of a hill and uh the second week they did the same thing and he did it in half the time so Uh, he's feeling a lot better i'm sure everyone that knows and loves dr holm is happy to hear that positive report he'll come back tanned and (laughs) the sailor man but in his absence we have andrew ellsworth who's a family medicine physician with the avira medical group brookings and he's brought mandy wild with him who is an undergraduate at south dakota state and studying to be a nurse practitioner are you from this area I am. I'm from Volga, South Dakota, and hope to be around this area when I'm finished with school. Well, that's great. We're happy to have you here, and nurse practitioner is a great role. You know, just before the break, Dr. Ellsworth, we did mention, you know, you mentioned things, how busy it is at emergent care. What's going on? Yeah, just so much sickness going around Brookings in the area and, well, in the country, too. But uh, we've had uh, a, a lot of strep cases, bronchitis, and, of course, your regular colds. And and then influenza is coming on now, too. We, we've had several positives over at the clinic, and... Uh, and that's the rough one. So influenza A and some influenza B now too. So What's the difference between A and B then? Um, there's not a whole lot of difference. Sometimes B is uh, a little milder and sometimes their seasons um, have different peaks of when they come, usually A a little bit earlier and then B. and and uh, um, But both of them can cause the same similar symptoms. It, a lot of times they come with fever uh, you know, and, and usually a higher fever, you know, it gets not just the low grade 99, 100, but you know, 102 and, and so on. And, and, uh, uh, muscle aches are, are really a, go along with it most often. And a cough, a lot of times even a non-productive cough, um, and headache. Those would be the top, top symptoms with influenza. And it just hits you like a ton of bricks. 
it's not that gradual thing weak. where you got a oh. cold and now you know or whatever this is it just hits you and you're weak yeah definitely weakness and then and it can have a sore throat and it can have you know congestion and such but uh uh no fun no fun at all if someone got hit with this and just knows it hit them like a ton of bricks they've all these symptoms do they still go into the doctor or you re- recommend just staying home and staying low what do you what are your thoughts on that you you can certainly come in um for those at high risk of complications from influenza if you're someone at high risk that could that it could ha- cause a pneumonia um if you have got lung disease COPD or asthma if you're little you know less than 4 5 6 years old or if you're um uh, over 65 you know you'd be at higher risk and and we'd for sure want you to come in and and see if we can get you on some medication if you're otherwise healthy and doing okay with it you can certainly stay home certainly cover your mouth when you cough and maybe don't go to work and if you give yourself a couple days to rest and recover you're probably going to recover faster but uh, that's why we recommend the flu shot too because that's what can help prevent it now, those so. of us who were smart enough to get the flu shot, what are <laughs> our odds in getting it? We could still get the flu shot. Yeah, you can still get it. Thankfully, it's usually milder if you've had the shot. And it it varies from year to year how effective the flu shot is. Last year, I know it wasn't very good. I don't. Th- I think it covered like somewhere in the 20s and 30s percent. That's not good. You know, we don't have a good answer yet because we're just getting into flu season okay. now. So I've, I've heard some sources say the coverage is really good. I've heard some say that they didn't think it was very good yet this year so it's we'll early to, to tell see. yeah early yeah to tell. there have been a couple people that have gotten it though that did have get their flu shot but it it usually still helps anyway at least yeah. the symptoms it's not are too late yet it's not too late yet for what to get for the a, shot get the shot well, yeah. what would they do if they decided now to get the shot where do you go what you, do can, you do you can you can stop by the clinic Okay, the clinic yep. will still offer flu shots. Yep. I know yep. every pharmacy in town was offering right. them yeah, before, I'll, but yeah. now... Y- I think you, a lot of them would still give they it. They might thing. still have yeah. them, but the might flu... Maybe the, call ahead. Okay, but the uh, clinic definitely does. And if they just fought it or were out of town or just didn't bother with it, and now they're a little panicked, should they call the clinic first or just drop in? I think they can still drop in you're not certain yeah. Give the clinic a call <laughs> <laughs> it's not a big deal just give yeah. the clinic a call yeah. uh you know whichever clinic you go to and make sure that they do have the flu shots available i'm sure someone at the desk can tell you if we don't have them go here or, yeah. here, or here i know we have them it's you just know you have sometimes them. Okay. we've had you know flu clinics where it's an easy drop oh, in sure. you might need to call ahead now, yeah. But, yeah. you know that strep tho- throat is a tough thing because people aren't really sure if they have it, if they go in, is it, is strep throat bacterial? Is that why you take an antibiotic? Or yep, streptococcus is uh, group A strep is a, a type of bacteria that can in it it tends to hang out in the throat area and and it's easily transmitted from person to person too. That's the thing about all these things in the winter. We're we're closer to each other. We're inside more and we're and they're airborne, so they can oh. go through the air and or contact with stuff. So if I cover my mouth with my hand and cough and then I use the door hand, door knob and then someone the next person uses it yeah they can get it I'm not trying to create the germaphobes out there but uh, unfortunately it can get transmitted that's why all the little kids with things school age or preschool they all know they never sneeze into their hands now they're yes. all taught to sneeze into your sleeve yes we're a lot of dirty sleeves around town but yeah <laughs> 
But it's better that way. Yeah. It is better mm-hmm. because you're not grabbing a doorknob with your sleeve, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, that helps. Yeah. Well, if you, what would be the symptoms so, of so, strep throat? So, yeah, so, yeah. So thank you. So for strep throat, often with, with a fever and sore throat, um, it classically doesn't have a cough. You can still have a cough with it, but classically not much of a cough, really. Um, and then uh, uh, you can get the body aches, muscle aches, or headache, too. Um, and so it uh, might be hard to tell them yeah. apart, other than that the flu hits you like a wall. Yeah, and then, and then the, a rash. Oh. Um, strep can come with rash, especially with kids. And, and kids are oftentimes more susceptible and, and those that still have their tonsils. And sometimes I've heard if people get strep, you're better off just to let it run its course if they're young and healthy rather than give them an antibiotic. Is that true? You, you can. You know, I mean, back there, there's Hard some people out there that, that still remember cases of rheumatic fever, and some people have rheumatic heart disease where it's caused damage to their heart from some time when they had strep and it wasn't treated and got severe and caused a complication with their heart. You know, we rarely see that anymore because anytime anyone has strep now, we typically treat with antibiotics. True, we don't have to. I mean, there's definitely times where people didn't realize they had it and they get over it and they're fine. But if you're getting sick and getting those high fevers with it, I'd probably get treated because I wouldn't want some of the other complications. It's not just uh, heart disease, but it can cause joint pains for people and, and arthritis issues and it's amazing it's a weird disease it can cause all sorts of complications sometimes thankfully most of the times it's okay on its own and goes right. away uh but it, it it can definitely have complications okay yeah. well this is very interesting if you have anything going on in your family that you'd want to ask dr uh ellsworth about you could give us a call at 692-1430 we'll be back right after these words Hello, welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. Happy to have you listening today and happy with today. It's getting gorgeous out there. Jay let us know it's going to go over 30, which really makes my day. If you haven't been out, today's the day to get out and walk. Watch out for the ice. But I think once it gets over 30, there won't be ice out there. So enjoy yourself. Until it freezes. It oh. <laughs> yeah, when, it gets, when the sun sets, <laughs> then it'll freeze. But, you know, maybe from 2 to 4. You could get out and walk. What do you think? The sun will yes, be at its... Be, oh, I definitely. Okay, two to Good four. Plan in it. Get out. Enjoy yourself. I'm getting this great advice from Dr. Andrew, Andrew Ellsworth, who is a family medicine physician with the Avira Medical Group Brookings. As most of you know, regular listeners, Dr. Holm is on vacation this week. He's doing very well, and he has some really good friends who are covering him for him, and... Dr. Ellsworth is one of those good friends. I'm happy to call him a friend. Well, that's great. I am honored to call him a friend, too. He's a great guy. Uh, Dr. Ellsworth, before the break, we were talking about strep throat. What if you just have a cold? How do you know the difference? Right. You know, a cold, you know, runny nose, sneezing, maybe a low-grade fever. Um, You can feel kind of achy and stuff, but typically milder, kind of comes on gradually and unfortunately often lasts. You know, even a couple of weeks now, and and uh, um, and extremely common too. You know, um, and then be, meanwhile, you can get over one and then get another because there's all sorts of different viruses that cause it. And a cold is usually a virus. That's why a bat, anti uh, why an antibiotic antibiotic will not work for a cold. Yeah, so yeah. it's a tough call. You you yeah. uh, you know to get an antibiotic, you really should have 
a need for it rather than it just a virus because a virus it's not going to do anything for it right 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 well yeah and then the antibiotic can cause uh, problems with uh, messing up your normal bacteria in your body and maybe upset your stomach and uh, we we normally have uh, bacteria on our skin and it can you know cause maybe some of them to become resistant to our antibiotics and then you have antibiotic resistant bacteria on your skin that if you got to cut sometimes you can get an infection and that's a whole nother subject pretty much but uh it's one reason why we're trying to be mindful of who needs antibiotics and, and who doesn't and, and how don't we overdo be careful it about it yeah right okay yeah well, what are you you're going to say something else so, so yeah so as far as the cold goes um you know, there's a whole, whole host of viruses that cause it. You know, RSV, you've probably heard of RSV. I have. Um, and, and we had another little kiddo yesterday that had that. And, you know, for you and I, it might cause a bad cold. And even for a kid, it might cause a bad cold. Sometimes it causes them really to have trouble breathing and they have to be in the hospital and get oxygen and get support there and can be really bad sometimes. And, and so, um, and then there's a host of other viruses that can cause a cold too. And, Generally, though, unfortunately, they have to just run its course because there's not a lot we can do. If you can find a cure for that, you'll be really rich, Joan. It'd be a good way to go. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> now, sometimes, fine. sometimes the you know it settles in your chest or whatever, and you get bronchitis, or you know, and some people in their sinuses and they get a sinus infection. And little kids, they're more likely to get an ear infection. That happens with adults too. I mean, like with an ear infection, what happens is the eustachian tube, the tube between your nose and your ear, gets plugged. And then sometimes the ears fill with fluid then because they're plugged and sometimes that fluid gets infected and that's what causes the ear infection. Ah. So it's not like one kid's getting an ear infection from another. They're getting the cold that could cause the ear infection. Ah. And it's not like you get bronchitis from one person or another, but you're maybe getting the cold that's kind of settling in your lungs and getting bronchitis. Now, some people end up getting antibiotics for bronchitis, but most of the time that's still a viral cause and it's just the lungs are getting inflamed and and you're getting congestion in there um, and so antibiotics always aren't the right answer for that sometimes they can be helpful sometimes they're not helpful sometimes steroids are more helpful actually so for more sometimes people get steroids for bronchitis to kind of decrease that inflammation in the lungs you know I belong to the somewhat older generation and I had an awful lot of friends and it's practically before Christmas, all of December and going into January, who were canceling because they had bronchitis. Yeah. Is it more prevalent when you're over 60 or 70 to have bronchitis? Or maybe I'm just have more friends getting sick. Yeah, your, 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 your body's ability to clear your lungs, it decreases. Um, and so it can build up in there more likely and can re- react. And, and then maybe some of them are smokers and they're much more inclined to get sick or bronchitis but you certainly don't have to be a smoker to get bronchitis i mean anyone can and healthy young people do too um and uh and what we what we don't want to happen though either is for that to progress into pneumonia and sometimes that happens too where that can be fearful bacterial infection in the lungs when i was oh i had had surgery maybe 10 years ago or so in as I'm recovering from surgery, I ended up getting pneumonia. And I used to think, oh, pneumonia, you take a pill, you're fine. I had no idea how debilitating pneumonia could be. I just thought death yeah. might be easier. You know, I mm. really felt terrible. What can yeah. you do to avoid pneumonia? Um, well, in a situation like that with surgery or whatever, it's you're at risk if you're laying in bed and, and then you're not breathing deeply and moving around. So sometimes we give someone 
something to blow in to try to keep their airways open and and we encourage people to get up and walking around and i probably didn't (laughs) with with, as far as the cold and bronchitis some of those things like mucinex and robitussin that have an expectorant and what an expectorant is is it loosens up that cough to help get that stuff out of your lungs so it doesn't build up and get infected and cause pneumonia so that's one reason why those can be helpful well, that, that all sounds positive and helpful, but uh, boy, <laughs> this time of year, it really is something. Yeah. Right. And like with all of this, how Dr. Ellsworth started with, many of them are viruses, and that's why every time you go to the doctor, you may not get an antibiotic, and we're not doing that because um, just for any specific reason, but mainly so that we're not over-treating with antibiotics, where then when a person really needs one, they may not work for you. And we started to run into that problem a lot more. So that's why we're kind of being more cautious with giving antibiotics when it likely is just a viral illness, where an antibiotic isn't going to help get over it any sooner, unfortunately. Yeah. Save it for, for when it, when we need it. Absolutely. I didn't reintroduce Mandy Wild, who was just speaking. She is a nurse practitioner student, and she is shadowing Dr. Ellsworth this week. Maybe just this week or for a month? How long will you have? I think I'm with him for about five or six weeks. Oh, that's a good amount of time. That's great. And you, in between classes, have classes started up again now? Yes. Um, we have classroom stuff along with our hours in the clinic. Okay. So you're doing it all. Yeah. That's great. What, what is a nurse practitioner, Mandy? A nurse practitioner is considered like a mid-level provider. So I first have my RN or registered nurse degree, which I am licensed for right now. And then I am receiving a master's degree in nursing. And then as a nurse practitioner, we have the ability to diagnose and see patients in the clinic, just as um, like Dr. Ellsworth does. And then we do have the ability to prescribe medications and um, we can do long-term chronic illnesses as well, help manage those. Um, A lot of the nurse practitioners or physician's assistants when they're mid-levels do see a lot more of the acute care stuff, especially when they're starting out, but they do have the ability for um, the same as many family medicine doctors to manage long-term illnesses as well. That's pretty concise. Very nice. Where did you get your RN degree then? I did that at SDSU here in Brookings as well. Very good. You know, this we were talking about this the other day with my husband, and he's very proud to have been on faculty at SDSU for a number of years. He's retired now, but he said, we are so fortunate with the pharmacy program and the nursing program that we have at South Dakota State. They are ranked among the top, the absolute top in the country. So you you went to a very fine school. (laughs) Very Mm -hmm. fine. We're proud of the nurses that we And graduate. training is important. Training's everything. It is. Mm-hmm. And you're helping with the training, right? Right, yeah. There you that. go. Yes. There you go. Okay. Well, good to have you both. And I'm, I'm really pleased that we're here talking about what is going on today in medicine in Brookings. And it's been a lot of colds, bronchitis, strep throat, just not a lot of pleasant things. There's, if you want to be around people, you, you may be exposed to these things. What can you do to reduce your chances of getting all of these various winter medicine, winter problems? You know, number one would be to be healthy. And that means... And wash your hands. And wash your hands. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, and cover your mouth and those things we were talking about. But uh, it, uh, over, overall, if you're, if you're healthier, you're going to be able to fight off these things easier. If you're, if you're getting good sleep and you're exercising and you're eating healthy, those are really important 
along with not just avoiding germs because no matter what you're going to come into contact with these germs and so your body's ability to to um, fight off infection and, and get rest and recover is what's going to help it's help all too. a positive thing yeah. very good yeah well, we're due to take our final break. We'd love to have any questions you might have. It's 692-1430. Give us a call during this break, and we'll be back right after these words. Hi, welcome back to Prairie Duck Radio. We're happy to have you listening. I'm Joan Hogan. With this in me, in me, in with me in the studio is Dr. Andrew Ellsworth, who's a family medicine physician with the Vera Medical Brook Group in Brookings. I am not quite getting the words out today, am I? I'll get the. If You're doing I, great. Oh yeah, right. And with Dr. Ellsworth is Mandy Wild, who is an RN, but she's also studying to be a nurse practitioner. So we're happy to have both of you here. We've been talking about. Things that are all the illnesses that are hitting Brookings right now. And uh, we mentioned flu, but a lot of times when people say flu, they really have a stomach virus. They, they say, oh, I got the flu, and they're vomiting. Well, that doesn't really, that doesn't really flu, is yeah, it? Yeah, well, you can vomit with influenza, but really when, a lot of times when people are having uh, vomiting and diarrhea, it's, it's what's technically gastroenteritis. Now, if you want to call it the stomach flu, we call it the stomach flu. But where, where you know, maybe for a day or two you're throwing up and then you have maybe diarrhea for a few days or a week or so. This year it seemed to be a worse one where it lingered longer. Um, and that that one hit the area around Christmas time, a little before, and some people still a little after. But uh, um, that's different than influenza. That's the, the more deadly one that... Uh, and, and more serious one where people just get sick and hit like a ton of brick and have the high fevers and the cough and the muscle aches and the headache. The and only such. problem is when you have vomiting and diarrhea, yeah. it's much worse. You think it's much worse. It's Actually, yeah, it's yeah. not worse, but boy, when you're going through it, the nothing worse. The main thing there is to, uh, once again, of course, get your rest and, 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 and push the fluids so right. you don't get dehydrated because that's when it can get really bad too. And, you know, unfortunately in some countries, it's, it, that's extremely deadly as well because all these people get the, lose the... Dehydrated. get dehydrated and there's nothing they can do about it. Yeah. So, so you want to keep fluids going yeah. and uh, that really isn't the flu. You can call it the flu if you want, but it's... You call it the stomach flu if you're going okay, to Okay, if flu, you want yeah. to, but it's not yeah. really the flu. Yeah. Uh, and, and a bad cold. People call that the flu sometimes. And, and it's really you know, not. Yeah, it's just, yeah, anyway. Right. Well, you know, talking about cold, we had a question last week that had to do with about possibly having an allergy to cold, or are there some people they go out and their hands go numb, they can't handle the cold? Is there, is there a condition for dealing with cold? Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, like if their hands get cold or turn white, that's called Raynaud's, and that's sometimes a blood flow issue when it's getting cold in their hands. And so the key there is to wear nice warm gloves and, and uh, try to keep your hands warm. Why would more people, some people have that and others not? What is, we don't know the cause? Why, why do we so <laughs> many people have so many things and others not? We just I, don't know. Yeah, okay. you know, there's predispositions and, and by that I mean someone, some people are just more susceptible and there's some diseases that it can be, that can be a part of. And sometimes that's, just how it is and or they're born with it and or they got it from their parents and but uh, um, there was a was a mention of uh, it in the question I think last week of a cold urticaria which where cold can cause like hives like an allergic reaction almost to, to the cold and that's that's kind of rare but uh, that's something you can see um, 
and uh, I think uh, this other the question had uh, asked about uh, some pain in the legs or do you want to read that question well yeah I'm trying to think if I have it here Uh, basically the, the person when she steps out in the cold in the winter all of a sudden, her upper thigh, like in her groin area, will uh. just be a terrible pain. Practically brings her to her knees. And she can barely move, and she almost drags that leg, gets inside, it goes away. Yeah, and it Never has it except when it's cold. And it mentioned when she goes on a walk and when it's cold. So right. The, thing, the, the, the walk part caught my attention that maybe she's got a blood flow issue. It just so happens that the cold is enough to make it worse because the cold makes our vessels contract in our skin and and makes th- makes our blood vessel smaller and so then she might not be getting good blood flow to her legs then and that causes that pain in in that area not getting as good a blood flow that would make and, sense and so is she if she maybe has start to have a little bit of a buildup of plaque or a little bit of a clog in the vessels there and then the cold makes it constrict and smaller a little more, and that might be causing her pain. Causing so, the pain. So maybe may something to talk to a doctor about. Okay. Well, the woman who called this in will make sure, uh, we hope she's listening today, and uh, that she will definitely see a doctor about this. It's nothing to ignore. It's kind of right. unusual right. to just only have that pain when you're out in the cold. So, yeah. You know, God gave us pain for a reason. It helps us know when something's up and when we need to maybe find out what's going on. So it's good to pay attention to that pay attention to the pain okay uh one other thing i wanted to mention is about a year ago i started taking probiotics and you were talking about all these different you know bio things what do you think there there's more people taking probiotics what do you think of the use of probiotics you know probiotics can help to prevent complications after being on something like an antibiotic that kills off your normal bacteria um, because that, that normal bacteria can help uh, prevent us or help us from getting bad bacterial infections and other infections. And, and we're learning more and more about this all the time, the importance of our, our good bacteria. And, and, uh, and so the probiotics can, can restore that and help with your, your GI health and, and help you keep you regular. And uh, um, it just it helps with the whole balance in your body. And, and we're learning more and more about it all the time. In fact, we're learning more about normal viruses that are in our body, too. So we have viruses all the time. Yeah, we're, we're just normal. getting into that. And, and some of them are, were so small or that we couldn't detect before. And now we're finding out about them. So Very interesting. crazy. I know every once in a while, Ed will get something. Like two weeks ago, he had a runny nose for a week. Thought nothing of just a runny nose. This week, guess who's got a runny yeah. nose? You know, And it's, it must be a little virus, something yep. that... No other problem, just a little runny nose. His went away. Mine, I think, will go away, too. But I guess <laughs> when you get these wood. viruses, it's just they, they run their course. If they're mild, you're okay. Yeah. And the probiotics, you think, are valuable for I don't people. know. Yeah, I don't know how much that's going to help you with the cold. But no. uh, um, I think you're getting good rest and, and maybe some vitamin C and some of that other stuff might well, be helpful, good. too. But Well, you've been very helpful to us today. I can't believe our half an hour is up. But we do hope all of you have enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program. As always, you can hear more from Dr. Holm online at prairiedoc.org, where you may also learn more about the exciting activities of the Healing Words Foundation. I thought I'd have time to mention tomorrow evening at 7 o'clock, 
Dr. Holm will be on. It's a pre-tape program. It's South Dakota Public Television, 7 o'clock, on call with the Prairie Doc. He's going to be discussing neurodegenerative diseases and why they occur, more commonly known as Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, other neurodegenerative conditions. Mm. So if you are interested in this, and I don't know why you wouldn't be, you know, it just sounds like a fascinating topic. He always has great doctors on with him. I know you've been on the show, on the television show. Very knowledgeable people. He has Jennifer Kruger. Actually, the two doctors with him tomorrow night are both from Rapid City. I'm just running out of time, but... Thanks uh, so much, Joe. Yeah, yeah, this has been great. Thank you so much, Dr. Ellsworth, and thank you, Mandy, for coming in. And I'll give you Dr. Holmes' final words. Stay healthy out there, people.